Welcome to Bible Basics at the Sturgeon Bay Moravian Church in Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin. Uh, this episode, we're going to talk about Ezra and Nehemiah. Uh, Ezra and Nehemiah are separate books in our Bible, but they were one book that wasn't divided until the second century by Christians, and then really not until about the 15th century in the Hebrew Bible. The, the two books, though, uh, do have some distinctive features. Uh, the first, uh, the book of Ezra, emphasizes the priesthood and the temple, uh, the rebuilding of the temple. And the book of Nehemiah emphasizes the role of the lay people and the rebuilding of the town or city of Jerusalem and the wall around Jerusalem. It was probably written between 400 and 375 B.C., uh, the date of the action uh, begins about 458 for Ezra. The two books cover the reigns of the Persian kings Cyrus, Darius, and Artaxerxes. Uh, Cyrus was the Persian king who conquered Babylon, and he believed in sending conquered people back to their own homeland and, and having them establish uh, governments that would, would then be uh, puppet governments, if you will, or, or show some loyalty to, to Cyrus, to the Persians. And so that's what happens. He sends the exiles in, in Babylon from various countries back to where they uh, came from. And among those are the people from Judah. They, they go back about uh, 539 or so. Uh, they rebuild the temple and it is rededicated under the king, Persian king who succeeds Cyrus named Darius, Darius the Great. Uh, and the book tells the story about how first they built the altar, <clears throat> excuse me, and then the, the foundation for it. Um, Ezra is, is not among the first group that goes there. He is sent a little later to reestablish the Torah. And he is sent by King Artaxerxes in about 458 BC or so. And then later, Nehemiah is sent to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. So Ezra is a scribe. Nehemiah is uh, a politician. He becomes a governor. Some of the important themes of uh, the, the part of the book about that's titled Ezra <clears throat> is that there are um, extensive genealogies and they, these are people who have tried to maintain their religion and try to maintain their separate culture while they are in exile but when they get back to their homeland and they get back to Jerusalem they don't come back in a vacuum there are people already living there uh, and so they have to establish who they are, how they fit into this, and how they should relate to other people. So the genealogies tell them what families, what tribes that they belong to. Um, Ezra reestablishes the Torah, and they begin to live the law, live the, the laws that are set down in the first five books of the Bible. Uh, in fact, Ezra is known as the father of Judaism. So you can remember Moses way back eight centuries before uh, was uh, 
a Hebrew. And we called those people either Hebrews or after they were established in the promised land. And at the end of their travels in the wilderness, we called them Israelites. Well, uh, now we can refer to the, these people as Jews because they are from the tribe of Judah, the last existing tribe that was sent into exile. So these are Judahites or Jews who come back and Ezra, when he reestablishes the Torah for them and reestablishes the, uh, the worship of Yahweh in Jerusalem, then becomes the father of Judaism uh, as we know it today. Uh, another important theme is the separation from others. As I said, this wasn't done in a vacuum. There's a lot of people there in the land. And the, in fact, they call them the people of the land. And it's important uh, rather than just be assimilated into the culture that's there, that they maintain their own and uh, that they maintain uh, the, the separate religion and, and culture. So. Uh, things such as intermarriage uh, with people of the land uh, is rejected. And some of the men have taken up foreign wives and uh, have had children by them. <clears throat> so when Ezra reestablishes the law, he tells them that they have to send their wives and their children away. And they do that. If you think about it, that, that's like a death sentence. So uh, it's a pretty brutal way of establishing uh, yourself as a separate people and the people who are going to be in power in Jerusalem. But they do it, and they send off their wives and their children to what had to be a, a very, very uncertain uh, future. There are some other important individuals that uh, are named uh, and we come across in the book of Ezra and Nehemiah. Um, one is, is Yeshua, who is, that's the uh, 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 pronunciation in uh, Aramaic of Joshua, which of course is the same as, as Jesus. So Jesus' mother probably called him Yeshua. Um, Zerubbabel, uh, a lay person uh, who is a descendant of David, plays a prominent role, as do Haggai and Zechariah, who are prophets, and they each have their own books in the Old Testament that we will get to later. Um, so what's happening here in Ezra and Nehemiah is that we're, we're seeing the, this is going to be the end of the history, if you will. We've, we've been going through these books of history, and this is the end of it. After this, uh, we're going to take a short little trip through Esther, which will which will talk about some stories that happened uh, in while they were in exile. And then after that, we'll get into wisdom books and then into the prophets. So there won't be any new historical period after after we get done with Ezra and Nehemiah. There will be a break in the history until uh, we begin the New Testament. So. Uh, this really, these two books represent the end of the history of the Old Testament. Uh, and that brings us, uh, really, we ought to discuss Darius the first a little bit, Darius the Great. He was the uh, uh, king of Persia from 522 to 486 
BC. He succeeded Cyrus. And we have a lot of history from his time, including uh, the history that was written and, and put in his tomb. Um, so this is no longer, we're not talking about tradition or, or uh, our guesses at history or, or anything like that. This is actual written history that, that we know of. Um, his empire stretched from, was huge actually, it stretched from the Indus Valley to north of Afghanistan to Asia Minor or the Danube River uh, through Macedonia and then uh, across the Fertile Crescent through Palestine, now down through Egypt and into North Africa. So he conquered a, a good bit of the world. Um, he did, however, fail to conquer Greece. He, he tried to, uh, and he was the loser in the Battle of Marathon, one that we hear about and know about. Um, he lost that battle to the Athenians. Uh, he, Aramaic was established as the official language of his empire. It was used for trade and official letters, and it was the the uh, lingua franca, if you will, uh, up until the time that this area was conquered by the Greeks. Uh, but even after Greek became the official language, Aramaic um, was still spoken. It was the spoken language of, of uh, many people in the area. And uh, in fact, Jesus and his family probably spoke Aramaic. Uh, Darius was a Zoroastrian. Uh, Zoroastrians, that was his religion. And uh, they believed in this dual world, dual competing uh, forces and creation of good and evil. So there were good gods and evil gods and good and evil were fighting each other. We see some of those same things in Gnosticism and even in Christianity. Um, the priests in, in the Zoroastrian religion were called Magi. So these are the, the wise men who come to see Jesus, the Magi, are Zoroastrians and come from uh, this area. Darius the Great was a great builder, and uh, he rebuilt uh, many of the famous shrines and holy places throughout his whole empire and built some new ones. Um, so he was the one who paid for the rebuilding of the temple in Jerusalem. So Nehemiah is a continuation of this story that begins in Ezra. It's... Uh, but it's probably not written or doesn't appear to be written by the same author. Uh, it could be that it's a memoir of Nehemiah, uh, possibly a report back to the king, and in which case it would have been written originally in Aramaic. So just to review, Ezra was a priest or a scribe who led a group of exiles, not the first group, but a group of exiles back to Judah. He reinstated the Torah, the law, and he's known as the father of Judaism. Nehemiah, on the other hand, was a lay person. Uh, he lay, leads another group of returnees. He is sent there by uh, Artaxerxes. He's uh, in Artaxerxes' court, an important person. He is sent to be the governor of Judah and Jerusalem, and he oversees the rebuilding of the town and the repopulation of Jerusalem. And, uh, and Ezra works for him, I guess you could say. Uh, some of the big influences uh, that are uh, 
dealt with in Nehemiah, of course, are the influence of outsiders, this, the idea of sin, the forgetting of the law. So they have to reestablish the law. That's Ezra's job. Uh, there is an abusive tax code and economic issues that Nehemiah solves. And he establishes the, uh, the power, if you will, of the office of governor. The first 12 chapters uh, cover Nehemiah's very first year in quite a bit of detail. And then chapter 13, which is the last one, uh, happens 12 years later when Nehemiah uh, is in his second term as governor. He actually returns to Babylon and then comes back to Jerusalem to serve another term. There uh, are four major prayers in Nehemiah, which may or may not be a part of the original memoir or report to the king, but they all feature the words, remember for my good, oh my God, all that I have done for this people. So just to uh, put the events in order, uh, Nehemiah returns with some exiles to Jerusalem. He rebuilds the walls. He does some administrative reforms, a tax code, uh, change charge rules for the charging of interest and the taking of land. While that's going on, Ezra leads a study of the Torah and uh, people confess their sins and they sign, the heads of family sign an agreement to keep God's laws. They repopulate Jerusalem uh, strictly with those who, whose roots could be traced back to the exile. And the whole thing is climaxed when they get done with their building and their repopulation with the Feast of Tabernacles, which is the first celebration, at least of that scale, since way back in the days of Joshua. So just a little timeline so you can put all this in some sort of order. In 537 BC, the exiles return under King Cyrus. And from 536 to 516, the temple is rebuilt under King Darius. In 458, Artaxerxes sends Ezra to Jerusalem. In 444, he sends Nehemiah. Uh, the wall around Jerusalem is completed and governmental reforms are instituted. And then in 432, Nehemiah is recalled to Babylon and after a short time returns to Jerusalem. And that's where the history of, uh, in the Old Testament at least, ends. So there'll be somewhat of a gap in history, about 300 years or more, uh, before we start the New Testament. That's commonly referred to as the intertestamental period. There were things happening in there, and we'll talk about them a little bit when we get to the end of the Old Testament before we begin the New. Lots of interesting history in the books that we've covered, and uh, we'll get a little bit more feel for the exile when we, uh, when we do Esther. And then we'll start in on the wisdom books, which are a lot of fun. I hope you're looking forward to it.